Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, December 16th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on where things stand in the Senate. Number two, House progressives are starting to agitate on the Senate, slow-walking the Build Back Better Act. And number three, a Punchbowl News exclusive, Biden's nominees' interesting familial ties. All right, let's get into the number one story of the day, continuing to be what happens in the Senate. Can Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer actually deliver on his promise that the Democrats were going to vote on the Build Back Better Act before Christmas? So let's put it into context. Last night, around 8 p.m., Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer filed cloture on 22 stalled Biden administration nominations. Those included some familiar faces that many of our listeners will know. Rahm Emanuel for Ambassador to Japan, Nicholas Burns for Ambassador to China. So this is a move that's aimed to try to pressure Republicans. A lot of these nominations have been stalled for weeks, if not months. Votes on these nominations won't even start until Friday, and that could extend into the weekend absent a time agreement with Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. And who knows, like Schumer could actually even add more uh, ambassadors and other nominations. We will have to see. Senate Democrats are holding a caucus lunch at 12.45 p.m. to discuss this state of play. And here's the issue. We see this kind of movement on the nominations front because at the same time, the Build Back Better Act is stalled. There's no other way to say it, um, as is any voting rights bill where Senator Joe Manchin and Senator Kirsten Sinema aren't going to circumvent the filibuster meaning no bill is going to pass in the face of unyielding GOP opposition. So what now, does, where does that leave us, right? What's the most likely scenario is that the Senate will plow through these nominations with or without a time agreement and then leave for Christmas. A big question right now, outstanding. What does President Joe Biden do? Does he negotiate with Manchin despite the fact that these sessions have gone poorly? Or does he ask for a delay in any Senate vote in order to give some more time to Democratic leadership and committee chairs to work through a lot of these unresolved issues like SALT? Biden was forced to agree to similar delays on the House side, and ultimately Speaker Nancy Pelosi and her leadership team were able to get the BBB through the chamber. Here's the question. Is Biden going to give Schumer and Senate Democrats similar political cover now? If you all do remember, and I'm sure you do, the fact that it took as long as it did was one of the things that was really criticized about Pelosi and the Democratic strategy because it gave the opposition a lot of time to continue to punch against and hit back on the BBB. And so, you know, will Democrats even be able to use this, uh, you know, as they believe that it would be very effective for their midterms if it goes into January, February? Um you know, although Schumer has been hesitant to admit it publicly, the Senate wasn't probably wasn't ever likely to pass the BBB before Christmas. You know, party leaders often try to force the hand of uh, their fellow members, and they set these kind of arbitrary deadlines in order to spur action. But, you know, senators, House members, they rarely move unless they have to. We saw that this month alone on government funding, on the debt ceiling, with those kind of hard deadlines set, We did see movement, but these arbitrary deadlines can be dangerous because they typically are arbitrary and not always helpful politically 
or in this case, logistically. So let's talk a little bit about the dynamics when it comes to the BBB, uh, just where the state of play is, because I think it's really important to kind of lay out a couple of things. One, the momentum is gone. This is what I was kind of alluding to, rather, uh, a little bit ago in terms of you know, Pelosi and trying to get the BBB done and it, you know, taking so much longer than a lot of people thought, uh, you know, right after they passed that bill, there was momentum. If you remember that when the House passed the Build Back Better Act a month ago, Biden and progressives hailed it as a transformative moment. But it also came as Republican Glenn Youngkin had trounced Democrat Terry McAuliffe in the Virginia gubernatorial race, an upset win that augured poorly for Democrats in 2022. Yes, inflation was spiking, Biden's poll numbers were failing, but that House vote after months of delays was supposed to turn things around for Democrats. The Senate would approve the bill in a few weeks and Democrats would end the year on a high note. With the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, the $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill, and BBB, Democrats would in their theory of the case, have a strong record to run on in the midterms. That is now falling apart. So the other dynamic that I think is really worth exploring here is, is Joe Manchin to blame, right? He is the figure that we watch most. Everybody's trying to read the tea leaves of his body language, what he says, how he says it. And it's easy to just reflexively say, yes, Joe Manchin, Democrat from Virginia, West Virginia, is the reason why this is all falling apart for Democrats. But consider this. Our friend Manu Raju of CNN pointed out that Manchin wants to keep the price tag for the overall package at $1.7 trillion. Manchin also wants to extend the child tax credit for 10 years, which would cost more than $1 trillion. Manchin's view, as Manu notes, is that Democrats should drop other programs in order to make everything fit within that $1.7 trillion framework. Manchin says he's being fiscally responsible. Of course, other Senate Democrats say he's just finding different ways to say no. So why is it his fault? Well, if all 50 Democrats had agreement on the bill, they could go to the floor while the parliamentarians continued working through the package. And here's why it's not. Democrats are still fighting among themselves on a myriad of other issues that you know Manchin isn't even the key negotiator on. Think salt, think immigration. Neither of those are Manchin's fault. And the parliamentarian hasn't finished scrubbing the bill for possible bird rule problems. That also isn't Manchin's fault. So to be real, it's not just Joe Manchin. He's a big problem, of course, for the leadership and the White House, easily the most high-profile headache, but hardly the only one. They don't have the text of the legislation finished. The parliamentarian is still grinding away. Cinema hasn't publicly endorsed the package, which also makes some Senate Democrats uneasy. As we started this, all, all eyes really are on President Joe Biden and the White House. If the president can't broker a deal with Manchin and Schumer needs the president to do it, since he hasn't been able to force the West Virginia Democrats' hand, then it'll be time for Plan B, which is to finish these nominations, adjourn for Christmas and the New Year, and come back on January 3rd. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Watching the left, House progressives are really starting to agitate uh, at, the, at their colleagues in the Senate 
and how hard it has been for them to get momentum to pass the Build Back Better Act. Some progressives, such as Representative Pramila Jayapal, the Democrat from Washington, and of course, the chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, continues to insist it will get done, because to do so otherwise would basically be to admit a huge failure for both President Joe Biden and the entire Democratic Party. She told us in an interview on Wednesday, I just think we have to get it done this year. There's a lot of problems with it sliding into January. The child tax credit expiring is a huge problem, but also bigger than that, 85% of the president's agenda is in this bill. You know, this is an interesting kind of thing to watch because the progressive caucus has been largely, even when they were most frustrated and felt like they, you know, there was some maybe potential trust issues with this president, they have continued to stay on board. And I think Jayapal in general, her her language and how she speaks about it is typically very much like what I just read. She praises the president. She's supportive, but she's trying to push. You know, she's trying to find ways to figure out how to be constructive, but at the same time, you know, make sure that progressives get what they were promised, that this is going to get a vote. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the day, the family business. Biden nominates Democrats' relatives. Our colleague, John Bresnahan, has been watching this very closely over the past several months. The Biden administration announced a number of nominations yesterday for the federal bench and high-level ambassadorships. And one of the things that caught his eye was that some of the last names stood out. For example, Kennedy, Pocon, Meek. Were these nominees related to the politicians that shared their surname? Well, the answer turned out to be yes, of course. These connections got us thinking how many other nominees have familial relations to leading Democratic politicians. So let's just base case say, we are not suggesting any of these nominees aren't worthy of being nominated. And a White House official noted that they are all well qualified and were selected for these posts based on their own credentials. So no, doubt, no reason to doubt that. But it's also interesting to acknowledge that having a family member in the business doesn't hurt either. So let's just run through a couple of these. Uh, you have the full list in Punchbowl News AM, but some interesting names. Judge Leslie Meek, the ex-wife of former Representative Kendrick Meek of Florida, was nominated in December for the Superior Court of the District of Columbia. Judge William Pocan, the brother of Representative Mark Pocan, the Democrat from Wisconsin, was nominated in December for the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Wisconsin. Gail Manchin. Yes, that's right. Gail, the wife of Senator Joe Manchin, was confirmed in April to be co-chair of the Appalachian Regional Commission. Gail Manchin is a former educator and former West Virginia Secretary of Education and the Arts. There's a whole slew of others that is in the morning newsletter, including Kurt Delbeni, the husband of Representative Susan Delbeni, the Democrat from Washington, Carolyn Kennedy, of course, the daughter of former President John F. Kennedy, and there's one last one, not a Democratic connection, but is related to a close friend of Biden from his Senate days, Cindy McCain, wife of former Senator John McCain, was confirmed in November to be ambassador to the United Nations Agencies for Food and Agriculture. All right, that's it for us this morning. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.